Hello and welcome into the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. You're listening to episode number 74. We're bringing you the best of the country music world like nobody else will tell it. My name is Garrett McKee. I am, of course, one of your hosts here on the show. And joining us in just a minute will be your co-host, Mike Hart. And we are the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. Please, please, please go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Join the conversation. We have such a great community. We love every single one of you guys out there supporting us and interacting with us, joining the conversation, like I said. Share your music with us. Share what you love to listen to. Let's talk about country music. That's what we're all here to do. That's what Mike and I are here to do. And you guys are here to listen to these conversations, so let's, uh, why don't you talk to us, you know, join, join the family. You can also check out our merch and everything else, uh, we've got some writing up there, so tons of new content over on thehippiesandcowboys.com, that's thehippiesandcowboys.com. And the Hippies and Cowboys podcast is brought to you by... Workman's Relief. Workman's Relief is a premium THC-free CBD product company. And uh, let me tell you, you guys can get this stuff for an absolute steal of a deal compared to other brands. It's not even close. You're going to get better product for a better price, and you are going to feel better where, tell me tell me where you lose there. You tell me. I'm serious, you guys. Go check this out. Workmansrelief.com. And because you are a listener to this podcast, and we love you, and Workman's Relief loves you, you can use the code, the promo code, H-A-C-C-B-D at checkout, and you will get 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's the promo code H-A-C-C-B-D. Like I said, check out the prices, check out the products. They have a great, great CBD coffee, tastes fantastic, and uh, I would not start my morning without it anymore. It's unreal. They also have the oil. They have a CBD-infused muscle and joint cream that's awesome as well. Can't say enough good things about the products themselves, and uh, these guys are just doing it the right way and giving you guys the chance to get your hands on some of this stuff for a great price. Not even close to some of the other sites that you're going to see out there that are that are uh, pushing CBD. And like I said, all of this stuff is completely THC-free. You got to pee in a cup for work? Doesn't matter. You can use this stuff because... You're not going to test positive for THC because this stuff is completely THC-free. No worries. You have everything to gain. Go check this out. Workmansrelief.com. Use the promo code H-A-C-C-B-D. Our guest today on the podcast is Jeff Hanna. Jeff, of course, is the lead singer and songwriter of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. The Dirt Band just did a cover of The Times They Are A-Changin'. Of course, that's a Bob Dylan cover. But I uh, had some really notable features on that tune, including Jason Isbell, Steve Earle, 
Roseanne Cash, The War and Treaty. This is a great cover of that timeless song. And uh, we're going to play that one for you to kick things off here today. What a great episode. I know you guys are going to love it. I should mention that all of the proceeds uh, from from that cover that uh, the Dirt Band and all those great artists featuring on that song, uh, all, all the proceeds made from uh, that particular song are going to go to Feeding America. Uh, it's a fantastic cause as well, um, so, which, I mean, we talk about, of course, at the start of the podcast here. So I will quit yapping, and let's dive right into things here, folks. We are going to kick things off today, like I said, with the times they are a-changing. Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Jason Isbell, Steve Earle, Roseanne Cash, and the War and Treaty. You're listening here on the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Come gather around people wherever you roam. And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a changing Who prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide The chance won't come again And don't speak too soon For the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming There's a battle outside and it's region It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls But the times, they are changing Our mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Admit that the water 
accept it this soon You'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming Or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing For the times they are a-changing For the times they are a-changing You just heard the times they are changing. The new one from Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And that features a whole list of names. Jason Isbell, Steve Earle, Roseanne Cash, The Warren Treaty. And uh, hanging out with us today on the podcast is Jeff Hanna from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Welcome in, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, guys. How are you all? Not bad. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, yeah, that was, so, that was a mouthful of an introduction. I was like trying to make yeah. sure I, I've got everything. Did I screw anything up? <laughs> I think you pretty well covered it. Yeah, yeah, no, really. Cool, <laughs> that's good. This is this is our <laughs> like this is our like fourteen and a half, and it's one thirty or three thirty in the afternoon for me. So like, yeah, I'm I'm doing all right for for being awake this long. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's a. Uh... It's really cool just to sit down with you, Jeff. And, yeah, it's and, an honor, and man. Talk this is, to, this uh, is so cool. Yeah. Um, legend. So, yeah, legend, definitely. Um, all that you've done in your music career and uh, to get to play that that new song, uh, obviously the, the Bob Dylan cover, um, but uh, yeah, as Garrett said, that list of, of guests that you had on there is pretty incredible. So I don't know if you want to talk about uh, kind of what it what went into who all played on that um, sure on, on that song and how 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 that process went of you know from Jason Isbell to to Steve Earle like it's, it's a it's a diverse group of, of artists Roseanne Cash Lauren Tree like Jeez. yeah um, I guess what all went into um, who who was featured on there yeah well. Um... We, uh, we were uh, starting our, back in March of 2020, we hadn't, we hadn't done a recording in a few years. And we, we have a great fan, friend named Ray Kennedy that's mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. really great record producer, has yeah. produced Steve Earle and Chris Knight, Williams right? uh, for many years. Uh, yeah. Really, really talented guy and a really great guy, too. But we never had the opportunity to work together. So we were just heading out on the road <laughs> to start our tour in March of 2020. And we said, well, let's, let's get in the studio for a day or two before we get on the bus and take off. So um, we really wanted to cut a couple of Dylan tunes and we, in times are changing came up and it was like, well, that's great. That'll be fun. It, you know, and it, we fell right into it. It was it. We hit a great groove on it right away and cut the track basically live, which is, Myself on acoustic guitar and, and vocals, lead vocal, and um, our drummer, Jimmy Fadden, bass player, Jim Photoglow, uh, my son, Jamie, who plays guitar and sings with us on electric guitar, and our, uh, our buddy, Ross Holmes, on fiddle um, and mandolin, as well as Bob Carpenter, of course, a longtime Dirt Band member. On, he played accordion on this. So we cut this track. 
And then we got on the bus and went out and played our first and last shows of the year. <laughs> back to back. Yeah, shows. I was going to say, I was yeah. going to ask you how that tour worked out. Which <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it should have been an omen, should have been an omen for us when we got on the bus and it broke down eight hours into the trip. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, yeah, we ended up, getting off our tour bus hopping in a van and barely making it to the first show on the 11th which was uh over in virginia played in virginia on the 11th and then uh durham north carolina on the 12th and then they closed the music business the next day essentially it the curtain came down as we like to say so we were all um you know like folks all over the world but especially north north america I believe it was pretty, we all kind of experienced this about the same time. Um, and so we, uh, you know, got, uh, you know, went back to our corners. Uh, Jimmy Fadden lives down in Florida. Bob Carpenter lives out in California. And the rest of us live right here in Tennessee. Um, and as the months, you know, as the year progressed, um, we started talking about getting some music out, you know, putting out one of these tracks. And the times are changing became the obvious tune that resonated with all of us, you know, mm-hmm. before, before we had cut it. I mean, when we, right after we cut it, uh, we started kicking around the idea of maybe having a couple of guests come in and join us on the tune. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and, you know, way back in the spring, I reached out to Jason, he and I have been friends for a while and said, Hey, you know, we got this track. Would you like to come in and sing? on?" I said, great. You know, and, and one thing led to another. People got busy in different areas. So it was late summer, early fall. And we got uh, the Warren Treaty, who are also buddy. I should say everyone on that track are, have been either old friends or recent friends of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, met the Warren Treaty back in 2018 at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah. they're, just ama- they're just amazing folks and really incredible singers. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So they came in and sang a verse, uh, split it between uh, Tanya and Michael. It's it's you know it's Tanya Blount and uh, Michael Trotter Jr. They're husband and wife, and mm-hmm. just again, the coolest people. I mean, they're super sweet. But man, they just uh, I you know I get chills when I hear them sing. They're just like the, the oh yeah, incredible. Tanya's. Um, I was going to mention Tanya's voice, kind of just resonates throughout that song man yeah chills is, is a good word to describe it um, absolutely yeah stands out for sure well well the, later in the same day jason came in sang a verse and i asked him if he would be uh, uh willing to play some sly guitar and he's like oh yeah man i'd love to do that so you know we were at ray kennedy's studio there's a little geeky guitar stuff but ray has like 75 80 guitars hanging on the walls in his studios and incredible. Oh. And we're, we're talking like vintage great yeah. stuff. So Jason grabbed a 69 Telecaster and, and an old tweed uh, Gibson amp, a Gibson Ranger, I believe it was plugged straight in that thing and sat down for about 30 minutes and put down that slide part, which is really, really great. So we got, we got those two acts um, on the record. And then Ray got busy working on some Lucinda stuff and, uh, and working with Steve again. And so by the come towards the, towards the end of 2020, um, we, uh, had locked in 
verbally, we had locked in Roseanne Cash and Steve Earle to sing on the record as well. But both of them, neither of them were in Tennessee. So Ray recorded Steve up in Manhattan when he was working on the uh, Justin Towns Earl tribute record that he just did. Right. Um, and Steve sang a verse on our record, uh, on our song during that period. And then Roseanne recorded her. She has a great studio in her house, her and John Leventhal, and they, they cut her verse there as well. Yeah. And right after, the, right after the first of the year, Ray mixed it and uh, finally got her out there, you know? Yes. We, and we wanted, it, we wanted from the jump, we wanted this thing to be a charity single. And we love Feeding America, which is a, mm-hmm. really, really, a really great um, organization. And they have food banks all over the country. I'm not sure. I'm, I, I'm imagining up in Canada, you guys have your own version of that. I'm not sure that yeah. Feeding America, which is clearly you have food banks. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> For sure. but I'm not sure if that specific organization has a North American reach or not. But um, mm. yeah, they're good folks. And we're happy. Everybody was, was uh, really gracious about signing on to that uh, as a, you know, uh, as what's the point of trying to make <laughs> as a charity, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. That was, that was definitely something we wanted to, to bring up was that the, yeah, the proceeds of the song are going to feeding America, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously an extremely uh, great thing that you guys are doing with it. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. that, that, uh, that Bob Dylan cover, you know, you, you guys, you talked about how it just kind of resonated with the group and uh you you, that that kind of went into you recording it and um and uh being the first uh song that you put out um but i heard that the first time you saw bob dylan perform uh there's a pretty good story there because you said you were kind of uh, you knew you wanted to do something uh, along uh, with Bob Dylan's songs um, with this. And I, I heard that there's a, a good story of the first time you ever saw Bob Dylan perform. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, uh, our, our band started in Long Beach, California, which is where I went mm-hmm. to high school. When I, and, and before there was a dirt band, I was a, I was a Bob Dylan fan, probably I don't know, I was probably 15, 16 years old when his first record came out. But he played in our town, which is, you know, it's a pretty good sized town. But, you know, there's a, there were like four or five high schools in Long Beach when I was growing up there. And across town from where I went to school, there's a thing called Wilson High School. And all of a sudden, it's like Bob Dylan's coming to Wilson High School to play in the auditorium. So I gathered up my best friends and we bought tickets. It was like three bucks to get in. Damn. <laughs> that, that tells you how long ago it was. It was it was December, December 5th of 1964. I looked it up and it was amazing. You know, just just Bob with a, an acoustic guitar and a harmonica rack and, you know, played for a couple hours. Wave said goodnight and away he went, you know. Wow. But uh, but it was incredible. That song, um, you know, really, really, really moved me. Uh, when I heard it, I mean, all of his stuff, he's yeah. so brilliant, so brilliant. And still, I mean, it, you know, his, uh, his latest album, my rough and rowdy ways, I believe it's called, is really, really great. He's consistently brilliant. I don't know how yeah. he does it, but, uh, you know, he's the man. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously going to go down as 
one of the best, if not the best songwriters uh, we've ever seen. Um, yeah, just a, an incredible uh, human artist. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, and you, you guys did, did uh, such an awesome rendition of that uh, Times oh, Thank Changing you. too. So um, really enjoyed what you guys did with it. Yeah. Thank be, you so much. That's got to be yeah. a pretty like, that's got to be a pretty big moment in your early music life you know if you said you were about 16 17 years old something like that yep yeah yep i was uh let me see 64 i, I was 17 yeah oh wow yeah had you been Did writing that, songs at that point yeah were, yeah were you already into music or I, no what? i you know i was just uh my best friend in high school is a guy named bruce kunkel and bruce and i were uh bruce was uh one of the founding guys in our band we had a, we had like a little folk duo in high school and we played it like, you know, high school assemblies and church socials. And, you know, it wasn't, we weren't, we were definitely semi-pro <laughs> and we had a jug band in high school as well, which is like, you know, old timey, you know, yeah. we had like banjo yeah. and washboard and kazoos. And I mean, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. jug, jug bands yeah. are a lot of fun. Then when we graduated high school, we, uh, you know, we got rounded up a bunch of other fellas and started the Dirt Band. And uh, when we were both, we were both in our first semester and a half of college, I guess. Um, nice. And that's well, how I mean, the Dirt Band. Yeah, you hear that the the old timey instruments and the the real folky sound and and a lot of nitty gritty uh, yeah. songs throughout the years. I mean, it was like Mr. Bojangles, like one one mm -hmm. of the biggest songs that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can think of that. It's real folky sound, and obviously, you know, it doesn't doesn't stay that folky. You guys kind of mix it up a bit, but, but to say that you were in a to hear that you're in a jug band in high school uh, <laughs> isn't the biggest shock. <laughs> I think I read you played you played the washboard, right? With my yeah, right the washboard. And, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm in the uh, when I when I first joined the musicians union, it was in California, Hollywood, California, uh, local 47, and I was listed as guitar and washboard i think on the nice. on my union listing uh yeah i i like to play the washboard i, I don't play it as much anymore because i i had carpal tunnel issues in my hands and banging mm -hmm. away on that washboard with the metal thimbles and stuff kind of screwed up the nerves in my hands i mean i get it if it's like hey you got to play two songs i'll do it so you know right. but uh it, it it doesn't help the guitar playing much but it's fun it was really fun that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I bet. Well, um, one one other thing I wanted to bring up here is, uh, you know, you're on the Hippies and Cowboys podcast, and I heard that uh, while you're out in California, a little bit more on the hippie side, and then kind of transition into the Nashville ways of the cowboy. If you call Nashville cowboy, I don't really yeah. think, you know, that's more Texas maybe, but uh, yeah. a lot more move. Um, a much bigger move, I guess, from like the folkier sound to uh, the country sound, I guess, is is what would happen. And, and the lifestyle is, I'm sure, a lot different in Nashville. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, we, got plenty, we, we got plenty of hippies in Nashville. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm aware of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. And I, I say that proudly, by the way, you know. I, yeah, I think yeah. that there was a big thing. And when I when it was really intriguing to me when Maria told me about, you know, your, your podcast and the title of it, uh, wow. it's, it immediately makes me think about, you know, the Austin scene in the mm -hmm. 70s. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, yeah. with, with, with Willie and Michael Martin Murphy and Jerry Jeff Walker and, uh, oh, yeah. Armadillo you know, World Headquarters. Yeah, absolutely. And we played Armadillo World Headquarters, which was great, you know, and that, and that was a cool, you know, it used to be, there was this real division, uh, especially, you know, uh, and it wasn't, it was less political and more kind of, uh, it was more cultural, I think, you know, where the, yeah. the, 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 the hippies and the cowboys or the rednecks or whatever you want, how, whatever group <laughs> you want to put them in, you know, typically we're kind of beating the crap out of each other in the parking lot, as opposed to going, yeah, we all love this kind of music. We're bonding on it. Let's have a beer, you know? Mm, uh, yeah. And that's, that was the great thing about Armadillo World Headquarters. Here you are in Texas, you know? So, you know, you had shit kickers and, and dope smokers all in the same room getting down with Willie Nelson. Yeah. Well, what could be better, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. That's, I mean, that just sums up the music scene that we cover is, you know, between Texas country and Americana, whatever you want to call that sure. lump of music. Bluegrass, um, folky. Bluegrass, folk, all to Western yeah. swing. Like it, it's a... You know, and most of the people we talk to are a little bit hippie and at the same time a little bit cowboy. And it's just everybody gets along and, and enjoys the good music. And yeah, uh, definitely. It, yeah. But, so it just well, makes sense. Yep. Well, music's definitely a, a, a unifying force. There's no doubt mm -hmm. about that. You know, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that because we got to mm -hmm. find we got to hang on to whatever there is that can help get us together in these yeah. times you know yeah yeah especially i mean especially now <laughs> yeah definitely man um i i got a i got a a, a dirt band history question for you sure. this one's, how did the name come about right well you you you, you know you jumped ahead to something i was going to say about the jug band right you know, yeah i assume we it had were, something to do <laughs> well think about nitty-gritty it almost sounds like the noise that a washboard makes yeah know? okay and and that that kind of when we were again we were all still teenagers when our band started and uh we didn't want to typically the jug bands were called the such and such jug band back then if you're going to have a jug band or a skiffle band and we were like, yeah, you know, let's don't call ourselves the blah, blah, jug band. And one of the guys said, how about the dirt band? And the dirt kind of made sense because it kind of covered all the music we played, which was a, a little bit. Of, you'd be washing the dirt off. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but we, we were the dirt band for a couple of days uh, before I was I was going to a political science class in in my short, very brief college career. And uh <laughs> One of my professors said something about getting down to the real nitty gritty. And I thought, ah, ta-da, light bulb went off. You know? <laughs> so I went That's into awesome. our next rehearsal in my mom's garage and, you know, and I, I said, how about nitty gritty derp? And everybody was like, woo. So there you go. That's how there it is. got it. There it is. <laughs> I had to know. I had to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, a question that's been bugging me for about 20 of my 27 <laughs> years of life. <laughs> Why are they called that? Um, but yeah, I know. I guess one thing I've always wondered on a band like the Dirt Band um, is when you have a song that is just going to go down as 
one of the biggest songs in country music history. Um, I don't know what, what does that do to like your reputation on the street? I mean, you guys obviously have a, t- a whole catalog of song, yeah. but um, that are all, um, you know, also very good. But then there's the one that just blew up to like unthinkable levels of big, like, I just, I just wonder how that, like well two i mean two songs really i mean one of which of course is the springsteen song cadillac ranch but then of course like fishing in the dark too like two songs that are just like i mean i was talking about this with a buddy a few days ago before this podcast or whatever and i told him that we were doing this and he was we were just laughing like i don't think there has ever and mike you can maybe speak on this for america too but i don't know especially in rural alberta in my 24 years on this planet I don't know if I've ever been to an event where they serve booze that you're not going to hear at least one of those two songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Al- and funny Alberta, um, you know, <laughs> I've met so many, so many of my friends from Alberta, or for that matter, in- anywhere in central or western Canada. Western Canada, yeah, <laughs> um, sure. It was like we learned to line dance in middle school to cadillac ranch i've heard that a lot <laughs> yeah 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 dude that's just that's little, literally yep, little kids, my right? exact experience <laughs> right and w- and one of the things that one of the things when we play up there uh which seems like 50 years ago to me now but one of the things i always loved in playing canada was people hit the dance floor when we play well you fish in the dark as well of course yeah. but yeah cadillac ranch in canada now cadillac ranch doesn't resonate in quite the same way in the states no um, it doesn't yeah really? it, no no interesting i was wondering well, about it, that like well this, here's the strange thing when that when that album let's see what album was that on that was on plain dirt fashion i think when uh we didn't we never released cadillac ranch as a single it started getting airplay on just like straight up fm radio rock radio and country radio and it just became a thing, you know, and we were like the, the first time I remember the first time we played up there in the mid in the mid 80s. It was like Cadillac Ranch. We we're like, yeah, great. We love Cadillac Ranch. We're happy to play it. And the people are going like, wow, you know, it, the response was bigger than a lot of the actual hit singles that we had played, you know, that we'd released. So I, Ranch is that song up here, man. I'm telling yeah, you, it's it's cool. I'm, I'm I'm grateful for it. I love Bruce. I love Bruce Springsteen, and it's a really a fun song to play as well. You know, it's just yeah. If when you're you're always looking for something, especially in concert, that that gets people moving. It's got some tempo to it. You know, energy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been to clubs in the city when I was in college, and I mean, there'll be there'll be kids who you know damn well have never listened to country music in their life they know the words to that song (laughs) (laughs) i love it see that's great that's wild too that's something i never realized because it's it's that way with fishing in the dark at least in iowa but not with cadillac ranch not even close to that level um i agree but i I guess i I guess the the point of of why i brought it up was like i almost feel like does it ever get annoying that everybody knows like one or yeah. two songs and then like, Hey, we got all this other stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, there's this, on the one hand, uh, annoying is not the word. It's a little puzzling, but you know, when, it, when you've got a song that has, has, you know, gotten your name out there, 
as much as fishing in the dark, for example. And a little sidebar here, our bass player, Jim Photoglow, co-wrote that song. So, uh, and Jim, I mean, Jim just started playing with us back in 2016, but we've known, we, we've known him since, you know, around the time that he wrote the tune right. back in the 80s. So we've been friends for years. So one of the, you know, when we introduce him on stage, he's like, ah, crowd goes wild. Who's, this, <laughs> who's that guy playing the bass? And it's like, he wrote Fishing in the Dark. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I love the tune. I think it's a, I think it's a really well-written, you know, it's a oh, ditty. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a good ditty. And it's about, you know, it's, it's, it's about hanging out in the warm weather with your, you know, your sweetheart and, and, and doing things. Some of them are fishing. You know, <laughs> some of them are fishing. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, I thought it was just about fishing at night to get the yeah. big flatheads. <laughs> well, there's that too, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, th I think, yeah, well, Mike's, I think what you're getting at is just like, because I mean, you're such a great songwriter in your own right as well. And I mean, obviously right. so. And yeah, a lot of, like we said, like some of those, you know, some of that, some of those nitty gritty tunes that, people may not have heard are so like like mike said earlier like kind of have that folky sound and like that real singer songwritery kind of yeah. if that's a if that's a verb singer songwritery type of, of sound you know what i mean it's just like um it's just you you wonder well i, I sure hope and i'm sure it, i'm sure it's uh i'm sure it's happened but i i hope that those songs at the end of the day have caused people to go down the rabbit hole and maybe listen to those those other songs you know what i mean and then learn to kind of love that kind of a sound and then maybe they you know fan out and learn to love things like john prine steve earl you know that type right. of thing right right absolutely yeah. yeah i would hope i mean i would here we go here comes the pun but you know you can set the hook with fishing <laughs> get, no seriously but seriously sorry yeah but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. all right but you get them at, yeah, but as long as you get, once you get somebody's ear, you know, and if they go, if they go on some kind of a streaming platform and they go, oh, yeah, look at all these other tunes and it, yeah. let, let's check that out. I mean, as a music fan, sometimes it's the hit song for me that gets me in the room. Reels you in. <laughs> there it is. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah you know so i'm not gonna yeah you know so, a, a, annoying is not really you know I, i'm great I, i'm i'm grateful for that too you know it was it was for lack of better words why <laughs> but i think you get what i was getting at maybe <laughs> I, yeah right yeah. right and, uh, the musical the musical bait as it were did I say bait? No, I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> okay, we'll stop. <laughs> He's here all night, folks. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> or for the next and that'll do it for so. today's podcast. All right. That's good. Yeah, it's just, it's just a, yeah, that, that was definitely something I think Mike and I will both wanted to get to is just like, has it, you know, in ways overshadowed the other, other tunes in, in a way, or has yeah. it always, or is that kind of not the point? It's always, you know, helped the other, yeah. the success of the other tunes, I guess, uh, you know, on a more positive side of things. 
I mean, I think on the positive side, we you know, if you, get, if you get someone's attention with a with some kind of a hit single, whether right. it were fishing or whether or Mr. Bojangles, you know, going back to the 70s, um, you know, we've, you know, again, I'm grateful for the fact that we've had a bunch of tunes that got on the radio in, in the pop career. We had Bojangles and Make a Little Magic and American Dream and then in the country run for like 10 years there. We had a lot of and a long hard road, and uh, mm-hmm. I, love, I love only you, dance little Gene. Uh, of course, fish and baby's got a hold on me. There are a bunch Plus of the broken them. road. Yeah, well, yeah, bro- and broken road. Interestingly, wasn't a hit for our band. We recorded it first, but you won and, a Grammy uh, as a songwriter. Well, I <laughs> yeah. did, and thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, and we played every night, so we actually kind of get to claim it as a hit. They came from within the band, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I'm really, really happy Rascal Flatts cut our song, you know, <clears throat> got that out in the world. If, there, if there's people out there listening, um, you know, and I'm sure there is who are as young as Mike and I are, or at least in, the, in a similar age group, um, and say, say these people haven't necessarily went down that road and uh listen to some of those older tunes that you know haven't dug any deeper than maybe the hits kind of thing right is there some is there some place where you jeff would really like them to start oh man well um (laughs) i mean that's probably a tough one but (laughs) yeah well again you know and and this is the one this is something about streaming that i like yeah which is you know you can accessibility accessibility uh there's an album the the album that had mr bojangles on it is called uncle charlie and his dog teddy and our band was live we were living in california still at that point and we were part part of this movement called california country rock which was you know uh the bands that the the kind of flagship bands of that movement in uh in Southern California, especially were the flying burrito brothers and Poco later on the Eagles, of course, but we were in the, in the first sort of wave of that as well. The birds did an album called sweetheart of the rodeo, but um, it was really influential for all of us, but that uncle Charlie record, I really, I I recommend that if you want to get back to the earliest stuff that I, I mean, if you want to dig really deep, you can go back to the jug band stuff. But I, I think that, uh, Uncle Charlie is a great starting point. And we, you know, my favorite records we've cut over the years have been, there's an album called Symphonium Dream uh, that came out a few years after that. And of course, we did a multi-artist project called Will the Circle Be Unbroken in 71. That uh, that was a biggie too. But that's a, that, a lot of that is what folks would describe as, you know, acoustic roots, American music, or maybe bluegrass. There's a combination of both thereof. You know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, Hank Williams, Sr., Carter family. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. There's some there's some that was a, a really great experience for us because we were kids playing with our heroes, you know, on that record. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, really cool. I guess one really the only other thing I, I really have down to to pick your brain on and what reminded me of it is. Um, when you said in your pop run and mentioned Mr. Bojangles and like some of those songs as in your pop run, uh, 
definitely not the same standard of pop that we use today. And no. um, it reminded me of, I just, I'm just curious, you've been around the industry for forever, since before I was here. And uh, <laughs> obviously uh, the genre has evolved quite a bit. And, right. I mean, you live in Nashville at the, the center of it all. And I'm just curious um, your thoughts on the mainstream radio today and how it's had a, a huge shift to pop in the last oh, 15 years or so. And, and uh, I don't know, what do you think? Cause it's a far cry from um, kind of the, the music you guys have from made Mr. through Bo the years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Far cry from Mr. <laughs> Bojangles. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you know, uh, music evolves, you know, and that's, I try not to get into that. Hey kid, get off my lawn kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's easy to it's yeah. easy to go into like geezer land and just say, well, you know, back in my day, I feel like there's always been good stuff and there's always been stuff that you're not as fond of, you know. So yeah. uh, by my experience, the one thing that's really changed from the time that we started beyond the advent of like uh, the the invention of, you know, the electric light bulb. Um, I'm just Sorry. Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, is genres. There's so many genres of music now. Back then it was kind of like, you know, um, when Mr. Bojangles was out FM radio, you could hear right behind Mr. Bojangles, you could hear purple haze or you could hear, you know, Layla and, or you could hear, uh, you know, I can Tina Turner. It was like the, the, it was such a broad spectrum of music under the sort of flagship of rock and roll. Uh, and now it's, there's so many sub genre, you know, just yeah, Americana. Americana is such a Americana is such a big tent musically, yeah. which is great. And, and uh, you know, and it certainly covers what we do uh, when you're talking about being uh, mainstream radio, not really being part of our scene anymore. Well, that's true. But the kind of music that we play now, in fact, even some of the records that we made as a sort of a, a mainstream country act back in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, that music fits really well into, you know, uh, the, roots, the, roots, the roots music scene. So we didn't really change anything. It's just kind of how the description is really what's changed, I think more than actually the music um, yeah I, I guess that's what i was kind of getting at is yeah your your sound hasn't changed all that much i mean uh, obviously um there's some country avenue like mainstream country from the 80s like you were saying and more folky stuff too but yeah you haven't your substance hasn't changed your sound hasn't like changed like the genre has like what like you said it was considered mainstream country then and now it's obviously yeah, it's roots Marathon. now is, is what right. we call yeah roots music. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and, um, and two examples, yes. two examples that are on th that are on that record that are on that track on times are changing. Roseanne Cash was a mainstream country artist back mm -hmm. in the eighties and nineties, as was Steve Earle. You know, yes, yeah. and in both, I mean, Guitar Town and Seven Year Eight, amazing records, mm -hmm. and and they're both kind of uh, both both those artists are like they're sort of pillars of the Americana community now. So, yeah. And again, yeah. they're, they're, and they're, and, and I, you know, when I say 
our sound, you know, our, I would like to think that our sound is, has evolved and grown, but you're right. It's a certain thing. Definitely the same. And in, in, in a way, the same goes for Steve and, and for Roseanne as well. You know, it, it comes down to like your voice for one thing. If you got, if you have a voice that people can go, I know who that is <laughs> when they hear you. That definitely yeah. is the case. That's definitely the case for, for Roseanne and Steve. I feel that way about Jason as well. But Jason oh, kind yeah. of grew, yeah. Jason kind of grew up in the in the uh, kind of Americana world, you know, being a member of the Drive By Truckers as well. You know, mm-hmm. great band, I might add. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and Warren Treaty did a great record with Buddy Miller's and Buddy's, you know, Buddy's uh, production credits are are flawless and he's a great artist as well again in the in the world in that genre of kind of roots country we call it alt country sometimes alt country yeah yeah i hate that term i hate that term <laughs> yeah well you know I, I, and i and, and i think all of these terms really uh it's it's strange you know but it's that's the thing about when you hear something you don't have to describe it and the reason mm-hmm. people i think come up with a try to coin a phrase is they're trying to s- describe something that's indescribable, you know? And if, yeah. if alt, if alt country means left to center, left of the mainstream, I get it. It makes sense to me. You know, but I remember yeah. when the first time I heard that phrase, I think it was, it was kind of the height of like when the Jayhawks came out, you know? Um, and that era of uh, even shoot Edie Brickell, you know, and the new Bohemians, there was a lot of stuff in the, in the nineties and early part, early parts of the aughts as well, that embraced a lot of Wilco, you know, um, Jeff, it's Jeff Tweedy's band, you guys. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, Wilco. Oh yeah. They were like, (laughs) they were like, you know, but, um, (laughs) but, but, you know, it's, you're right. The, the, uh, it, I always, I'm always envious of my friends that are music journalists that can write um, and describe something in a medium that's so dry, you know, the, the, you know, writing something down on the page, whether you're using a pen or typing it out and describe something as hard to chase as music and how it affects you, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's a good point that you made there. Like, I think when I, when I'm talking to people who, you know, like having this conversation right now, and I say country music. Yep. Whether I mean America, what we're gonna call okay, Americana, alt country, you know, folk roots, you know, that type of thing. Like, I don't have to say those words because you guys know what I'm talking about already yep. when I say country yep. music. Yep. But when yep. I'm when I'm trying to describe what when somebody asks me, oh, what's a, what, what's your podcast about? What kind of music do you like to listen to, or something like that? I have to use those words like roots or folk or americana or alt country or red dirt or texas country or yeah know, bluegrass or whatever it yeah. may be right because they're, they're, yeah. it, that's a great point is there really is no good way to describe it by just saying country music because oh, people say, are if you say that you're they're gonna be like oh see so like 
talk about Florida Georgia Road and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like that's that's where their mind's gonna go immediately, and that's not necessarily right. that's not at all what that's I like to listen to, right? <laughs> but uh, th- that's a good point. Is that I have to, you know, that's those are the situations I definitely have to use those types of words, like and use those subgenres to kind of describe what I like to right. listen to. Absolutely, and what we like to talk about here on this show, so. Well, I, I think if you, you can show somebody a John Prine T-shirt and say it's cowboys and hippies, then hippies <laughs> and cowboys, then, then then you're halfway there already. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> John Prine is pretty good. The shirt John Garrett's Prine wearing right now, since you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's a great sure. shirt and a uh, huge John Prine fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aren't we all? Absolutely. Well, I got to ask you something just to yeah. see if you remember this, because... Uh, I've heard from uh, several different people in my life growing up, uh, one of which being my mother, who's from Southern Saskatchewan originally. Um, There's a music festival that you guys played at least once that I'm aware of. It was called Hootenanny in the Hills. Wow. You remember that one? Uh, I'm not saying I don't. (laughs) But anyway, at this particular music festival, there was, so it was in Cypress Hills in Saskatchewan here in Canada. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, the security at this music festival rode on horseback and would rope people and drag them to the exit when they were acting up. Do you remember that at all? I don't remember. I remember security being on horseback more than once, especially in Saskatchewan or Alberta. <laughs> Class. Um, or Manitoba, for that matter. Maybe a little in BC as well. Um, but no. But I like that, right. though. That's great. <laughs> well, I, I'm here to tell you it's true. And, and rounding yeah, them you, up, you would have been there. <laughs> okay. I just and, had to and, see if you remember that or maybe seeing from the stage somebody getting drug out by their ankles. But I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like if you, if you if you had seen it, you would remember. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I think you're right. But I do. But Hootenanny in the Hills definitely rings a bell, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great name good, too. Apparently, it was a good one. Yeah, we should revive that. Yeah, we'll Brad Wall, if you're listening, help us out. Yeah, <laughs> Brad would be the contact. Definitely. Oh, um, uh, that's funny. Gee, are we gonna are we gonna give him a rapid fire, Mike? What do you think? Okay, one. We let's usually, do one each. Let's sure, do one man. each. Uh, Jeff, we usually we haven't briefed you at all on this. Uh, we usually with every guest we do a segment called Rapid Fires, and we're just going to ask you a silly question. Are you cool with sure. that? Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. You want to go first, Mike? You, you you go first. I'm still letting it marinate. Oh, okay. All right, great. Um, all right. Let me let me see here. Let's what might be a good one. Um, all right, here's a good one. What is your favorite or you know, just, just give me an unwritten rule of the road. Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> I like <it>. Sleep. <laughs> I think Word. that reminds me, we, we had uh, Brian White on here before, and his unwritten rule of the road was just one word. He said scurvy. Like, scurvy. as in don't get scurvy. <laughs> Eat your veggies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. Something I didn't think about <laughs> yeah, being an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'll do, uh, if you were to add a face to Mount Rushmore, who would you add? Oh, man. 
You mean we're talking politics here? No, no, anybody. No, anybody. anybody. Could be your dog oh. if you want. Johnny yeah. Cash. Johnny Cash. I love yeah, it. Yeah. He's got a very, I feel he's got the chiseled features, I feel like, for he, Mount Rushmore. He totally fit and be appropriate as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good All point. Right. Very good point. <laughs> that'll All that'll right. work. Good enough. Well, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for doing the podcast, man. We sure appreciate it. And uh, Hey, really, think... really enjoyed talking to you guys. It was really fun. Awesome. Great, yeah. Well, yeah, you're uh, always welcome back. Yeah, you're welcome back. Yeah, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we uh when we get in and try to do some re- more recording, we got a, a bigger uh, you know, bundle of tunes. I'd love to get back with you guys and talk about it. That sounds Absolutely. great. We're looking forward to it. And I'm sure everybody else out there listening is too. Um Yeah. Yeah, so thanks so much for tuning in everybody. We appreciate you listening and for uh Jeff, Mike and myself. Yeah. Thanks again. And Mike and I'll catch you next time. All right. Real pleasure, guys. Take care. Yeah, yeah. You too, Jeff. Thank you so much. All right. Take there care, guys. Cool. There it is, guys. That was the podcast with Jeff Hanna, lead singer and songwriter, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. What a great guy. What a great show. That was awesome. So much fun talking to him. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Once again, go check out thehippiesandcowboys.com. You can pick up some new gear. We're always adding new merch and other fun stuff to the website there. Some different content like writing, some playlists. We got playlists on Apple and Spotify. We're trying to direct all of you towards the YouTube channel because uh, we've been throwing up some some great stuff up there, including like some some acoustic sessions that we've been doing with different artists and stuff like that, as well as all of these pod. Well, most of these podcasts you'll be able to watch on YouTube. If that's something that uh, interests you. And like I said, we are brought to you by workman's relief CBD. Go ahead and use the promo code H a C CBD at checkout. And you will save 10% on your entire order And I cannot stress this enough, you are not going to get CBD of this quality anywhere else. And on top of that, they're giving it to you at a price that blows every other competing CBD company away. It's outstanding. You guys got to go check it out. See if there's something for you. Like I said, coffee, there's oil, there's new products like the powder, and of course, like, I love the CBD joint muscle cream. I feel great. You guys got to go check it out and use that promo code. You can save yourself a little bit of cash, too, as if the prices weren't already good enough. You can save 10% more. Unreal. Go check it out. Workmansrelief.com. Once again, that promo code to save 10% on your order is H-A-C-C-B-D. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We really appreciate you listening to the show. Please share this one around with your friends. Join the conversation with us on social media. We love hearing from you guys. And we'll catch you next time.